0: James, the fourth chapter. Father, we're so thankful for today, for your word, for its life to us. It is health to all of our flesh. Thank you for the spirit of God working in us, working through us. Father, may the presence of your spirit be known and experienced. Lord, we yield ourselves to you now. Thank you for working in our hearts and in our lives In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 4 and verse 8. The first part of that verse reads, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Let's say that out loud together. Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. The uh, New Living Translation reads, come close to God and God will come close to you. And so we began a series of messages this past week that I call Close, Drawing Near to God. It's something the Lord has stirred in my heart and it, and He is helping me to see and know and experience in my life over the last number of months. And I'm uh, stirred to share these things, to draw you and to help stir your heart to to come close with the Lord, to draw near to Him. Now, of course, we must understand the, the reality that the Scriptures teach us both that we are one with the Lord in Christ, that we are close to Him. He said He'd never leave us or forsake us. His Spirit indwells us. And that is a foundational biblical New Testament truth that we all must uh, grab a hold of. Also, though, we see from scriptures like this that there is a potential gap that exists between us and the Lord, all right? Otherwise, it would be impossible to draw closer to Him if you were already right there. Okay, so both of those truths exist at the same time. We should be mindful of both, right? And what we desire to do is to remove any gap, any space in your relationship and fellowship with the Lord that exists. If there is space, other things will get in there. There are things from this world, all kinds of junk will get in that, that void there, but we can as a uh, an act of faith on this verse, draw near to God. And if we do that, He will draw near to us. All right, this is real good. I don't know if you... Man, it's just real good. I'm telling you. <laughs> and uh, we're going to see this more and more as we go. But can you see that this puts the responsibility of this on us? But we shared with you last week how you are God's idea. And this relationship that we're talking about, this intimacy with God is His idea. It has always been His plan that He would be able to be very close with us. But, of course, He doesn't force our hand. He doesn't impose upon us. He drew us. He called us. He gave His only Son for us. But then, as his, as He draws us to Himself, we have to respond to that. We respond by drawing near. And then when we do that then He's given full access and we are given full access to have this relationship with God that most people can't even comprehend. And it is available to you and to me now. This is something I really believe that is going to, the more and more we experience, totally blow our minds. And we will come out saying, this is way better than I thought. This is way better than they told me it was going to be. I mean, that sermon on it was really good. However, (laughs) the actual experience with God far surpasses it. Come on now. And if you don't know this to be true, even if you do know this to be true, God will blow your mind. It will go further than you've ever thought. And if you don't know this to be true, and this seems like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, God has some... Uh, time he wants to spend with you that will revolutionize your life in every way. There is nothing absent, any good thing. There's no, none of that is absent from God's presence. I want us to look over at Psalm 16 today. Again, this is God's idea. Let's go with it. Let's you. I'm not trying to convince God to to meet with me. I'm not trying to get God to to, to talk to me. This is His idea. I just want to cooperate. I just want to remove any misconceptions, any wrong thinking that exists in my life and my mind so that we can walk together. Psalm 16 in verse 11, it reads, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand... Our pleasures forevermore. Think about this now for a moment. How does God describe, through this inspired record, His presence? All right, through His man of God that wrote this. How does He describe His presence? Fullness of joy. I think most of us probably can understand and relate to joy. I don't know how many of us have really experienced, if any of us, fullness of joy. But that is the description of what it's like to be with God. If you are with Him in His presence, it is so good. It is joy unfiltered. It's not watered down. It is absolute, complete joy. And and at his right hand are what pleasures forevermore. C- can you think about it for a moment? How wrong it would be for us to ever draw away from that, for us to ever pull back from God, for us to ever shrink back away from that. If that's the reality of His presence, how many know that makes L zero sense? So right? His presence is full joy. Think about anything that you may enjoy in life, anything that may have uh, given you fulfillment, satisfaction, pleasure, experiences you've had in life were like, man, that was it. I just, you know, maybe it was when Boise State won a BCS game. Uh, Maybe you, maybe you golfed and hit a hole in one, you know, with witnesses. Uh, maybe you ate something that was like the best thing on the planet and you thought this has got to be from heaven you know maybe a dessert or something like that you thought oh wow Uh, none of that compares or measures up to the very essence of God's presence it's better than that there is no temporary euphoria that some drug might give you there is no um, experience of emotional you know success or victory or accomplishment God's presence is more satisfying and more pleasurable than like I said food it's more pleasurable than sex it's more pleasurable than any kind of accomplishment or any food or anything you could have in life it is totally holy And pure and desirable and pleasurable and joy. That is the essence of God's presence. Now here's the thing. If you're saved, if you're going to heaven, you can't mess that up. You're going to be in that. You're going to experience that. What I'm talking about will pale in comparison to the actual tangibility of it. But here's the thing. I want to challenge you. And I've already set my sights on this. I'm not waiting for heaven. I'm not going to wait until, well, of course, we're all going to get it. We're all going to go, yay, you know. Right here, right now, in this life, we can have that type of relationship with God that will absolutely... Like I said earlier, blow our minds. God will do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. I challenge you to have the presence of heaven in your life on earth. To have the substance and reality of God's very essence in your life so much that you can hardly stand it. It's so good. That you cannot be quiet and you cannot keep it in because it's just so good. And it will, I tell you what, be to the point that for you to imagine any other thing replacing it, it's just not worth it. Think about it for a moment, that people are always trying to escape. They're trying to get away. Because, you know, there's some things in life that really aren't that fun and uh, not that enjoyable, not that pleasurable. Uh, but people are looking for, a, a you know, something to get away from that and just kind of have relaxation and pleasure you know years ago there was a there was the commercial about the bath soap uh you know take me away (laughs) calgon and and it was just you know the solution to your tough day and your rough go at it take a bath and if you use this stuff you'll be gone you'll just be in heaven so to speak uh (laughs) What if we had access to something at all times that was a thousand times better than that? Yeah. The very essence of the presence of God himself, where there was nothing sad, nothing disappointing. There was, there was no bummer at all. It's just joy. Can you see from this verse that if we're experiencing and living in depression, if we are sad that we're not in the presence of God? Now, I don't mean that the Lord left you. That positionally stays the same if you're a Christian. All right? But we are not in the presence of God like we're talking about. All right? But here's the good news. We can be. We have access. Most of the time, people don't know what's available or they don't know how to get there. But it's available to every one of us to experience God on an increasing level. I say increasing because He's infinite. And we can experience this joy and pleasure in our relationship with God. And nothing on this planet will even come close to comparing to that level of, oh yeah, this is it. This is where I belong. I was made for this. This is God and this is me and we are together and forever will be. Praise God. God takes pleasure in us. Remember that? from We talked about it last week that God created us for His pleasure. And now He wants us us to experience that in his presence it is very most desirable by him that we have uh, that type of relationship with him and we've received an open invitation to be with him anytime now the world is full of religion where man is ta- trying to be accepted by God trying to gain access trying to gain acceptance by God but the good news is is that in Christ We've already been accepted. Nothing else we have to do. Ephesians 1 says we've been accepted in the beloved. That means in Jesus, God has already wrapped his arms around us. And this is better than anything that you could ever face. You being tempted with something? You being drawn to something that's wrong and you know in your head it'll, it's a wrong thing and it'll destroy your life? I tell you what, if you'll, if you'll access the very presence of God himself, you won't want that anymore. This is so much better. It's so much higher. It is so much greater than something we have ever known. What keeps people from a closeness in their relationship with God? Well, I think there's a number of, a number of issues that come into play. But certainly things like fear. Fear of what they don't know. There, there, there are things like, like guilt and shame that keep people out of God's presence. There's things like doubt and condemnation. There are things like uh, like misunderstanding. You know, many times people, they're, they're not close to God because their understanding of Him or their misunderstanding of Him is not desirable. You know how many people are not here in, in church or in another good church today because their view of God is not something they want or not something they're attracted to? What I'm telling you, if any of us have a clear and accurate picture of Him, there is nothing we'd want more. There is nothing we would desire more than Him. You're telling me that if a person saw the reality of heaven and hell, they'd go, well, hmm. I'm telling you, gonna, there would be no uh, debate and no discussion. Uh, let's go with the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and go with Him. Okay? And uh, what keeps people away? Sometimes a misunderstanding of who God really is. And the picture of him has come from someone who claimed to know him and yet their, you know, their example of it was really bad. Or from religious bondage and those type of things where people did stuff in the name of God, but really God wasn't involved with it. And let's let the Lord show himself to us through his word and by his spirit. And watch us all as we get drawn closer and we desire him more than before. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 this morning hebrews the fourth chapter sometimes people just don't even know the invitation they don't know that god has given them an open invitation to be with him see you're saying that like figuratively with him right i'm not i'm talking literally with him in the place of pleasure and joy with god himself where everything can be fixed that's wrong Every question answered. Every confusion wiped away in the presence of him. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16. Of course, the context here, he's talking about Jesus as as being the one who went before us. It says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Now, let's stop and look at this real slow right now. Notice the language, let us. Us, who's us? Us is uh, believers. We could that applies directly to us. Let us do what? Come, come. That means that I'm going to, in one sense, leave where I am and go somewhere else, right? And if, uh, if. Uh, If this is from God's perspective, I am leaving where I am, and I'm going to Him, or I'm going to the throne. Is that, what is that? I mean, can I actually, like, go there? Can I actually, like, not be here anymore, but be there? Well, that's something to think about, isn't it? He said, I want you to come. This is an invitation for us to be with Him, okay? Now, I can then leave where I am and come to Him. Now, now, think about it for a moment. We're not necessarily, obviously, talking about a physical transportation. Although, I guess, you know, God could do that. But that's generally not what we're talking about. A phys, our physical body going. But how many know, even in a time of of worship or prayer, you can be going through the motions you can sing the song say the words pray in the spirit and not actually move on the inside but you can also here's what i want you to see you can also intentionally by knowing how and knowing what to do you can move internally from the inward man you can come before god To where literally, and it's not just figurative, literally you're in a different place now. I find myself sometimes even doing it physically without even thinking about it. I'm praying and I'll be saying, Father, I just, I thank you because of Jesus, what he's done. And now I come before you. And and sometimes I'll find myself moving on the outside, but really it's just a result of I moved inside. When I came before him, he gave me that invitation. When I do, then he meets me. He's waiting for you to take that step. He's waiting for you to draw near. Now look at the next word here. Watch. How should we come? Boldly. Boldly. So now watch. There are ways that don't work. There are ways of seeking God that get no response. There are, it's possible to approach God and not get anywhere say, well, God wouldn't just ignore me, would he? Absolutely he would. <laughs> yeah. He did not say this without reason. He didn't say, come boldly, if you can come any way that you want. Hmm. He would have just said, come in any old way, any door, any however you want. No. He said, you come to the throne of grace, but you come Boldly. That means I cannot come before God thinking that there's something wrong with me. I cannot come in feeling guilty. I cannot come feeling shameful. I cannot come feeling like a rascal and and say, coming in, I'm so unworthy, I don't deserve to be here. Everybody listening to me now? I know this might be different thinking for some. But the context is we are coming only because of Jesus, we're coming by Him, we're coming because of what He did. And if I am mindful of that, then I can obey this verse and come boldly. Come like I belong. Come like I'm supposed to be there. Like I really have been invited. Like this is where I'm supposed to live, in my Father's house. Okay, if you want to meet with Him, draw near to the heart and throne of God, you have to come boldly. Amen. That means you cannot come based upon what you do, you cannot come based upon your own failure or lack of failure. You have to come based on Jesus. It's the only way I can come boldly. If I come based upon me, Man, I'm thinking of some stuff that's going to disqualify me. You know what I'm talking about? But if I come boldly based on Jesus, now I'm qualified. Now there's nothing that can keep me out. Everybody listening to me now? So if I don't know Jesus, if I don't know what He's done in me and for me and and, and to change my life, I can never do this. He said, come boldly... Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of judgment. Well, that would produce fear if I think every time I go to go before God, He's about to get me. Uh, well, I'm not coming boldly before that. I was like, I'm good out here. Thank you. Hey, God, what's going on? I know some folks who need to come see you. No, but I'm coming to the throne of grace that's everything free for me that's all of god's goodness and love and glory and favor and kindness being shown towards my life amen and 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 it's and it's 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 not about me it's about what he gives for free that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need look at the look at the goal of this god's basically saying i want to give you some stuff when you say grace how many know you've said a mouthful You've said all of his his love and his favor, his gifts, his kindness, you, you, his strength, his ability, his, his everything that he is that he offers to us for free, that's all con- consumed in his grace. Yes. Okay? And when he says, I want you to come boldly before me, he says that because he wants to load us up. Yes. Right. But how many believers don't know that that extra grace for their life to succeed and to have strength and all this stuff even they don't know it exists and many who do know it exists don't know that they have to go by and pick it up to use it yeah, yeah, right. yeah. so oh yeah, i believe in the grace of god oh it's so wonderful where is it it's in the god's throne <laughs> it's kind of like if i went to the mall and picked you up something really nice that i thought you would really enjoy and i called you and said hey i was at the mall and i saw this and uh, i think uh You would really like it, and I got this present for you, and I've got it over at my house. Why don't you swing by and pick it up? Well, how many know if you don't come by and pick it up, you won't be able to access it. You won't be able to use it. And that's basically what the Lord's saying. He said, I've got an abundance of grace and mercy and everything you need. Come up here and get it. Come before me or draw near to me, and you can obtain it. That's basically like if I said, you know, come over to my house and obtain this gift I gave for you. He's just saying, come by and get it. Come by and pick it up. Come by and, and, and use what, what I've provided for you. So it's God's desire to get us some stuff. But we just have to know that it's there and we have to come the right way. All right. Now go over to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Let's see some more of this same thought. Of course, come boldly before the throne. Again, that's drawn near to God, isn't it? Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness. Now, now stop again. I know I covered that a little bit. But the language. Having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Think about the language here. These guys knew the Old Testament. Hebrews. They knew the ceremonial practices of the, of the law and all the requirements. The holiest is, is basically the Holy of Holies. In that day, God's presence was there, but not everywhere, accessible to people in their lives. His presence was in the Holy of Holies, the Ark of the Covenant, and no one could go in there for a chat. I'm going to go and hang out with the Lord in the holy place. Oh, no, you're not, because the moment you step in, bzz, you know, like those fly zappers. Bzz, it's called God is holy, you are not, and if you try to touch it, it's not going to feel good. And it just, it just wasn't allowed. The high priest could go in there once a year, but still, to throw this word boldly in there is a completely different picture. The high priest had to go in very precisely according to the regulations and the rules that were given. Because if he went in once a year to do his thing, what would happen? He had to do everything exactly right. So it wasn't like, hey God, what's up? You know, coming boldly in. I'm coming to get some grace and mercy. And No, it's like, I'm going to do this just right. Because if I don't, the unholiness factor in me is going to get zapped. Right? And they could just die just like that so now new covenant new plan all about jesus when he says come boldly it's like really like just go right on in like with confidence yeah Yeah. how by the blood of jesus not because you've got your act together not because you're perfect and you're you do everything right you come by the blood of jesus then and only then can you have boldness Verse 20, by a new and living way, that's Jesus, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. Who's, who's supposed to draw near? Usins, <laughs> Right? Let us draw near. So if I'm not near God, who's, whose fault is that? Mine. That would be mine. Because I am supposed to draw near. I am supposed to boldly, in other words, I must know about Jesus and His blood shed for me, then I can act on that and come close to God. But if I'm not close to Him, it's not because God is backing away from me. It's not because He's holding His hand out and saying, you know, no, 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 back, 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 stay away. No, no. He has given an open invitation. Come, come. And He told told us, come near, but come this way come boldly by the blood so when i approach the father i don't come before him and say you know father i've been uh i went to church today and i gave an offering I haven't cussed for a week uh i've been nice nicer than no, well pretty nice and uh I'm not going to go, I prayed this much this week, I read the Bible this much this week. I'm not going in that way, because how many know, you go in that way, it's like a, you know, at a hotel, you get your key card, and uh, you swipe, and you ever get that red light, you know, or you put it in the door, red light, (sighs) turn it over, red light, (sighs) you know, and it's like, what's wrong, you're just not getting access. And if we come to the Lord and approach Him and say, God, I want you in my life, I want to be near to you, and we're coming that way, you just get a red light. Yeah. You don't even get an explanation. <laughs> just a red light. But if you'll come by the blood of Jesus boldly, then green light, you just go right on in. It's not hard. It's nothing else we have to add to it. It just works. It's just God's way. It's His plan. It's the way He designed it. If we'll follow it simply that way, we get access anytime and every time. Well, what if I messed up? What if I've sinned? What if I... Don't mention that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not talking about living in denial and, and not dealing with issues and things in our life. I'm talking about dealing with them by the blood of Jesus. Huh? Huh? It's like if you were in a court, and God is a judge, right? He's the, the judge of all the earth. If you were in a court uh, and you were on trial, how many know you don't go up to the judge and say, I did this, this, and this? <laughs> how many know your lawyer would say, oh, no, <laughs> let's talk? <laughs> you just say these things, right? How many know Jesus is our lawyer? Yes, is. And what are we saying? We're just saying blood. We're saying, Jesus took my place. We're saying those things. That's how we get off. That's how we walk free. Now look at chapter... Did we read that? No, let's, did we read all that? Again, let us draw near. Verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart. No phony baloney. No hypocrisy. Let us draw... These are keys to getting in. Right? We come boldly. We come by the blood. We draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Is that essential? Yes, yes. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Going back to showing the sacrifices and types of the old covenant. And he's showing us how in Jesus these things are all done now. But we come before him with full assurance of faith. So in other words, if I, if I have doubt, say, well, I have doubt. Won't the Lord be merciful with my doubt? Well, of course, but you still have to get it out. Because you can't get in to this place to receive more grace if you come in thinking there's something wrong. Or God's trying to keep me out for some reason. If I have this idea, I'm going before the Lord, but he doesn't really like me that much. Because he knows all the things that I've done wrong, and he knows yada, yada, yada. If I come before him feeling guilty or just questioning my right and my access to be there, that is going to prohibit me having that intimate, close relationship that he wants. It was his plan. But I have got to deal with this. And I've got to deal with the conscience. And if I come in feeling guilty, it messes it up. Have you ever tried to have a relationship with someone who just really didn't like themselves? And they felt bad about everything that they were and everything that they did. And they're so self-focused that they're always thinking about what they're doing wrong. And it's hard to have a relationship with that kind of person. They have to, uh, they have to be able to grow out beyond that. Likewise, it hinders our walk with God when we come in all self-minded. We have to be Jesus-minded. Let us draw near and have our, our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. See, now we have unrestricted access to the Father through Jesus. And we can be as close to God as we want to be. If there's any separation, no. It, it, it's not God that's causing it. It's not Him that's keeping us out. But a guilty conscience will do a lot to ruin this. You can't think he's keeping you out for any reason. See, the, sin, the whole sin consciousness, you familiar with that language? Sin consciousness messes up a walk with God. And it is unfortunately taught to many Christians. They're told, man, you're a rascal. You are just a sinner and unholy and unworthy. I mean, they're talking to believers, though. We know that in the world, there's nothing good, nothing righteous, and nothing holy. And, and, and that was true in all of our lives at one point or another. Hmm. But I remember one service where this guy stood up in, in, in church and said, how many here are, and it was, it was believers, it was church folks. He said, how, how many sinners are there here today? And he immediately, without giving any space, said, every hand up ought to be up in the place. And I thought, well, well I was, but I got saved. I thought, yeah, I was a sinner, but Jesus changed me. Why would I want to identify with the old guy instead of only identifying with Christ? And that mentality is promoted. Something wrong with you. You're evil. You're a bad person. You're a bad person trying to live right. Instead of the New Testament truth is, no, I've been recreated by God in Christ. Now I'm just endeavoring to live out my righteousness. I know I don't think right and do everything right, but that's not who I am in him. By his blood, I've been washed and cleansed, and I'm going to acknowledge that and not my failure. Hebrews 10, you there? Still there. Verse 14, look at that, just a few verses prior. Look at this. He said, for by one offering, anybody know who that one offering is? Yeah, that's Jesus. That's in contrast to all the many offerings of the Old Covenant. Offering, 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 because there's continual sin, continual sacrifice. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. You like that word perfected? Do you know that that applies to you? I mean, sometimes people back off from that word. You mean like perfect? That's a Bible word. By one sacrifice, Jesus, once and for all, He made us perfect. Who? Those who are being sanctified. That shows us the the twofold aspect of our relationship with God. When I got saved, part of me was instantly and eternally made perfect. And then there's the outward side of me that is being sanctified. I am being set apart for His purposes in in a progress there. But I am also at the same time, and this is essential, If I am ever going to walk close with God, I must acknowledge perfect. Now, people don't understand that, so don't go around telling everyone you're perfect. (laughs) But know that in the Spirit, God has made you that uh, right with Him. It's called a righteousness consciousness. I'm aware and I'm mindful of who I am in Him, not just who I am in me. Now, Hebrews 12. Anybody still with me today? Hebrews chapter 12, verse verse 22. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. Is anybody here registered in heaven? You know, you got to register for stuff or you just... That's called being born again right there. Registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men, made what? Perfect. Perfect. That's what God did in your spirit. That's what he did to you when you got saved. If you haven't gotten saved yet, you're about to get made perfect here in just a minute. Amen. God will do it in you just like that. And forever he will relate to you as a clean, righteous, forgiven person. I don't know about, if you realize, this is really good news. Amen. I'm not a bad person trying to live right. I was, but I got saved. Jesus came in, changed me. Now I'm a righteous person learning to yield to my born-again spirit. Amen. Amen. Look at chapter 7. Hebrews 7 and verse 19. I know I'm jumping around in the book here, but if they had put it in the right order, it would have made it easier. Now, I'm kidding. (laughs) Did you hear what he said? (laughs) Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 19. Uh, It says here, For the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there uh, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. The law made nothing perfect. In other words, through the law, you can't draw near to God. In other words, through doing all the commandments and doing everything perfect, because no one ever succeeded in doing that. He said, through that, you can't draw near. But through this better hope, who's that? That's Jesus. And he uses, again, the contrast to the word perfect here. Through this better hope... In other words, since we've been made righteous with God through Jesus, now we can draw near. And so, all these things I'm sharing and want to share in the coming weeks have to have this foundation. That you know that this was initiated by God Himself. You are His idea. And the way that we approach Him is through Jesus. Through His blood through His finished work and what He's done on the inside of us. Now we have access. Now we have boldness to enter in. Go to one more today. Second Peter chapter 1. Right turn. Second Peter chapter 1. I do not draw close to God by meditating on the gap. But I draw close to Him by meditating on my union with Him. Everybody with me now? Not denying the potential gap, I'm fixing it by meditating on the reality of me being close with Him. Let me say something now that I'm going to say to you later. And another day. (laughs) Because I was walking through uh, Lowe's a couple weeks ago and got this. The Lord will talk to you when you... Yeah, anyway. I'm not saying he goes to Lowe's, but I was there, so he was there. (laughs) God doesn't walk with your flesh. He doesn't have a relationship with your body. He doesn't really have a relationship with your mind. God has a relationship with your spirit. And if you and I are unaware of it the real us and the condition that it's in now we will never be able to draw close to God like he wants us to if that stirs any questions great come back and I'll tell you more it's a new way of thinking for many and I'm seeing it more and more and it'll help you connect with Him on a new level. It'll be so good you can hardly stand it. Nothing else will compare or even come close. And you may go far beyond what I've experienced. Unless I get there first. <laughs> mm-hmm. But He's God. He's got plenty of room. <laughs> 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. talking about the knowledge of God and so forth verse 4 says by which we have by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust check this out now what do we receive through the promises of God divine nature That means we should no longer think of ourselves as being only human. Thus, making an excuse, making an excuse for limitation, thus justifying our failure and so forth. Let's stop thinking like that. God has literally, through His precious promises, given through Jesus, given us His divine life and His nature. And the more that we will meditate on that reality, what He has done in us by the blood of Jesus, by the new birth, the more we will begin to expect a natural communion with God. Because we are not different, we are the same. I don't mean that we're God, no. He always maintains that position and that place. But we are of Him. And I've been given His divine nature. I'm not just only human. I'm a human being that's been born again. I've been recreated. I've been given His life and His nature and His ability and an invitation to walk close with Him. To be in His presence and experience His love and joy and pleasure that will absolutely uh, go beyond anything I've ever experienced in this life. If you will even today open open your mind up to the possibility that God wants to show Himself so strong in your life that it it just be so good you can hardly even imagine it, then we're on the right track. Because watch God sneak in that crack that's your little bit drawing near to him he's stepped through and some things are going to happen again every answer is there every answer to everything that we face on this earth it's there it's in his presence that's why the devil works night and day to keep you out keep us so busy and so distracted and so occupied with so much junk and things that don't matter That we don't have time to draw near. Because there, man, we're empowered. Man, there we know Him. There we hear His voice. There we experience His love. And you come out of there, (laughs) Latin. We come out of there a, a partaker of His very life. And we carry it around with us. Can you see why the enemy wouldn't want a bunch of people carrying around the very presence of God? totally messes up the world system and <laughs> just royally messes up every attack and every jump. once we got people all over the place they're walking around and it's like they're it's like they're filled with god it's like this force field around them yeah. you know i like sci-fi stuff yeah. so I can. <laughs> but it's the glory of god amen, amen. Let me encourage you today. Do this. Try it out. Before you go somewhere, before you go to do something, and you can be alone for a minute, take a moment and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You are with me now. And as I go into this office, as I go into this restaurant, as I go into, I thank you that your presence is with me. Watch it change the atmosphere in your life and start influencing people around you. See, God is here and He's with us at all times, period. But if we don't know it, and if we don't acknowledge it, and if we don't access Him, then it goes to waste. Amen? All right, let's pray today. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and kindness. Thank you so much for your holy presence, your spirit working in our hearts and in our lives. Thank you for your faithfulness. Oh, you are here, you are in us, and you're working, drawing us near. And so, Father, we draw close to you. We thank you that you draw close to us. We are your children. We hear your voice. We know your ways. We follow you. Thank you, Lord, for working in our hearts today, helping us to see the potential and the reality of what you're doing in our midst now. For this, we honor you, we thank you, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.